The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Welcome to Stacking the Box. To subscribe, hit us up on Google Play or iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you. Here is Stacking the Box. Week 12, welcome in to Stacking the Box. Matt Verderam, Jeff Schwartz, yours truly, Mark Carmen. Please like, subscribe. Appreciate you checking out the show today. And we're starting with Antonio Brown, who may or may not have posted something on social media, or may or may not have written it, I should say. Here's the note from <laughs> at AB84, if you choose Twitter for your platform. Mr. Kraft. I apologize sincerely to you and your organization, exclamation point. All I wanted to be was an asset to the organization, semicolon. Sorry for the bad media and the drama, Extra exclamation point, plus a space bar in there that's unnecessary. Thank you. Sincerely, A.B. All right, Jeff Schwartz, we start with you. The Patriots offense, let's think about it. I don't know. It blows. They could use some help. <laughs> Do you accept Antonio Brown's apology, whether he wrote it, didn't write it, co-signed it, whatever it was, and say, you know what, A.B., we appreciate that. We could use your help. Help us win a Super Bowl. Would you do it? You can't run the risk of him being suspended right now if you bring him in. So let's say you bring him in and the NFL decides not to spend him right away. And he plays four weeks and you got chemistry going and things are looking well in the offense. All of a sudden he gets pulled away for being suspended. You look like fools. Your chemistry on the offense now is bad again, right? Because now Brady's got to find other ways to generate points. Uh, so I think there's no way they bring him in. I think, though, if the NFL clears him of wrongdoing, they will. he will find a job very quickly somewhere. Matt Verderam, is this a sincere apology? Does it really matter what's going to happen with Antonio Brown? I mean, 
I don't know what's in his heart. I just think that even if that is a sincere apology, tomorrow he'll be screaming on Twitter that he doesn't want to play in the NFL and it doesn't matter and he's done and he got wrong and he doesn't need this. Everything we've seen for Antonio Brown in the last, what, two years says that the it's just which way is the wind blowing on a certain day. Hey, I don't think that anything is going to be consistent with him because nothing has been consistent in his life the last couple of years. I don't think they're going to be bringing him in. And I agree with Jeff. I, the, my first thought was, if he gets signed, the NFL is going to slap him on the commissioner's exempt list, yes. and that's going to be the end of this. He is not going to play. I guarantee you, Kraft, even if they had interest, would call Goodell and ask that question. And Goodell would say, if you sign him, he's going on the exempt list. You're basically donating money to him. And Kraft's going to go, yes. okay, Mr. Goodell, thanks very much. Hang up yep. the phone and not so. I mean, that's... That's how the NFL works. I would be very surprised. I agree with, totally with Jeff. Unless he's cleared by the league, I don't, and I don't think the league's going to clear him, and here's the other reason why. The league might clear him eventually. They do not want Antonio Brown's Super Bowl. They want no part no, of that at no, media week. No. So I, and by the way, it's in Miami this year, right down the street from where he lives. All this stuff's gone yeah. on. There's not a chance in the world the NFL wants Antonio Brown down there with all the NFL media having a chance to talk to him, maybe make a drive down to Hollywood, Florida. I, don't, I think that factors in heavily. I do not think they're going to clear him before February 2nd. I would also like yep. to submit the Oakland Raiders as a piece of evidence number one. There's no way that if they kept Antonio Brown around, the Raiders are this pleasant of a surprise, in my opinion. I don't know if you guys agree, but that's that was a great move by John Gruden and company. Yeah. So, you know what? We got to we gotta move on. I agree. I do. I, I think he would have torn that team limb from limb. All right, let's, let's move on to a team that is not – it's coming together in ways that no one really forecasted. The hot Super Bowl contender out of the AFC, the MVP candidate. We've talked about him a lot on the show, but I think today's going to be the most glowingly, perhaps. We'll see if you guys fight back. The Baltimore Ravens ripped apart the Houston Texans, and uh, 41-7 was the final. And I thought even more impressive, Lamar Jackson over Deshaun Watson in a way that nobody really expected. Verderam, let me start with you. Uh, You've been very skeptical on this Ravens team. Are you changing your tune? A little bit. Uh, yeah, I, I think, look, that was the most impressive win to me they had all year. I know people talked about the Seattle game. They scored two defensive touchdowns in that game. The New England game, they got off to a red-hot start. Then they began falling apart, and then Marlon Humphrey scoop and score, and they, and they go away, and they run away with that game. This wasn't that. Now, the DeAndre Hopkins penalty at the beginning of that thing that wasn't called, I do think shapes it a little, but then Baltimore, to their credit, comes out. They just blew the doors off Houston in the last yeah. three quarters of that game. Give them four. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. Wait, every time you wake up is the same day? That's terrible. Yeah, don't worry. I call Progressive. Their 24-7 protection still works, even if my day does last forever. Yeah, but don't you want it to end? Are you kidding? I win the lottery whenever I want and never regret anything. It's the best. Yeah, that's a good point. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Full credit. But to me, this game, and, and Jackson was fine, but Jackson counted basically for 300 yards, which is a, is a good game, but it's not unbelievable. I thought he was fine in the game. To me, the game was more about 
their defense was terrific. Their secondary is so good that they can blitz at will, which is what they love to do. They blitz more than any team in football, and they can do it because they have Peters and Humphrey on the back end. Peters looks like he looked early in his career in Kansas City. He's been awesome there. It's just good. it's a good scheme fit for him. The coaching staff has been tremendous. They might get. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Roman and Martindale are getting head coaching offers after the season, especially Roman. Done an awesome job. Uh, look, they're a very tough team to play right now. I do. I still will say. I still worry about them offensively in the playoffs because if some team figures out how to keep him in the pocket, they are that's still a problem. They are not the kind of team that can play yeah. from behind. If they fall behind in one of these games by 10 points, they've got big problems. That being said, they've been terrific. I give them full marks. My column was all about them this week. I think right, right now, with six games to play in the AFC, I think they're the best team. Oh, yeah, they're, they're easily the best team right now. Look, of course, the Patriots fans want to hear us say that because that's just you know more fuel to their fire. But they're doing everything they have to do. I tweeted about this the other day. And look, I've been wrong about the Ravens, but they have the feel of a Super Bowl team. I'll give you a couple reasons why. One is that they don't make mistakes, right? They don't commit a lot of penalties. They don't turn the ball over. They don't have a lot of mental errors, right? How often do we see uh, an opposing uh, wide receiver running free down the middle of the field? How often do we see a missed assignment on their pass protection or on their run blocking, right? We don't see a lot of tackles for loss, right? We don't opposing tackles for loss. They play very sound football. They seem they seem very well coached, right? The Texans are off a bye, were completely outclassed by the Ravens. Right? The, you know, they had a possible letdown game against the Bengals. That did not happen, right? right. They're keeping the train rolling. And they're playing very complimentary football. Their defense is improving. Their offense is running the football and keeping the defense fresh. But also, they're getting breaks, all right? And look, it doesn't mean that they are um, any less of a team. But look, the game is different if the wide receiver gets the – if Hopkins gets the pass interference. If that was fourth down, remember. Now it's first and goal from the one. Texans probably score. Now it's 7 nothing. Game's completely different. The Ravens probably still win the game, but it's, it's different, right? Um, you know, Matt, you mentioned Lamar. Look, he has not had a lot of games where over 300 total yards. Right? I mean, he had 223 against the Patriots. Like, we, we, you know, Pat Mahomes might throw for that in, in, in one half in two weeks in Foxborough, right? So um, they're, they're just kind of everything is going well. Lamar Jackson's not fumbling the ball this year, and no one can catch him. He's doing some great things on the field. So it feels like, and, and lastly on this too, they're very healthy, which is te- which yep. we see down the stretch. It separates a lot of contenders as health of a team, which, by the way, New England is getting healthier, too. They'll get their left tackle back, I assume, this week. So um, those are going – they're they're heading down for a clash. Like the Ravens have the Rams this weekend and the 49ers. And after that, uh, they should probably go 4-0 if, they, if they're if they going to drop a game and be one of these next two. So uh, they're doing a good job. Credit, credit Harbaugh and staff. And you mentioned, Matt, you know, Roman's probably gone. He's probably getting a job this year. Yep. So they, they have got to win this year because Roman is the best in the NFL at engineering this style of offense. And it'll be different next year. So this is their opportunity to win now. Really looking forward to seeing them um, play the Niners in two weeks. I think right now, here's what I learned from that game and just overall the AFC. Okay, and we, we're going to hit on all this stuff later, so I'm not going to go fully into it. Right now, the Ravens are the best team in the AFC. But keep in mind, okay, no matter who you root for, it's a long season. Because the first yeah. month of the year, everybody was like, oh, the only question in the AFC is where's the AFC title game going to be, New England or Kansas City? Right, like we had that discussion. We said these are the only two teams that matter. Then Kansas City gets hurt. They lose some games. It looks like New England's going to run away with the conference. Now everybody's talking about Baltimore. I guarantee you by the time we get to January 1st, this conversation is going to shift again, one way or the other. 
somebody's going to have a big injury. Somebody's going to be playing really well. Somebody's going to be playing yeah. poorly. I mean, right now, here's the only thing that I feel very confident about with, with six weeks left in the year. The AFC has three teams that literally that at all matter. Because Houston, you saw every reason in that game why I don't believe in the Texans. They're off the bye, as Jeff mentioned. They come out. Deshaun Watson looked like he had no idea that the Ravens yeah. blitz. I mean, how do you go into that game with two weeks of preparation? I mean, anyone who watches football knows that Baltimore is a blitz-heavy defense. And he went into that game. He looked like he thought they were going to rush three the whole game. He was terrified. <laughs> Holding on to the, he had two ridiculous turnovers. That's not going to happen against New England and Kansas City. Doesn't mean Baltimore can't or won't win those games. But those teams will have no, plans. They'll be ready for the way that Baltimore plays. I, I need to, to go back and watch this because the last two years, the Chiefs have played the Ravens really well on defense. And I don't know why because it makes no sense. Their defense is not particularly elite in anything, but they do a good job. So I don't know why that is. Uh, I mean, I don't think the Ravens want to see the Chiefs in, in, in the divisional round, which is the way it's setting up right now. Yeah, let's, let's move on to the playoff picture. You guys are touching on it here. We could look at the AFC first, and you're talking about the Texans, Verderam, who currently are sixth, yes. tied with the Raiders. Both are six and four. You got the Bills with seven wins, Steelers, Titans lurking around with five wins. Uh, we'll get to the NFC in a second. But when you look at the bottom half here, who do you think is uh, going to be there when uh, when we finally actually get to the playoffs? Yeah, look, it's, it's crazy. Um I think, and this is weird, but I think the Steelers are going to make the playoffs because the schedule's a joke. They're playing nobody. I think they're going to get to 10 wins. I think they're going to beat Buffalo head-to-head in Pittsburgh. Um, I think they'll get in. Now, my opinion on this is going to change probably every week because none of these teams are consistent. Any of them could lose to anybody. Um, I think I think the Texans will win the South eventually. I think they're going to win on Thursday night against the Colts. We'll talk about the game a little later. But I think other than that, I think Houston's going to win their division. Those are three teams that are leading their division. I think take care of business and win their divisions. So I, I like the Raiders and the Steelers to get wild card spots. I think the Raiders have that win over the Colts. That matters. So do the Steelers. So if they all tie, the Colts lose all those breakers. The Colts, this is an enormous game on Thursday night for Indianapolis. They win this game. All of a sudden, they're a game up, and they have the breaker over Houston. If they lose, they have five losses, and they got to go to New Orleans. Good luck in that game. That's later in the year, but they're not going to win. So I'll take Pittsburgh and Oakland. But, again, I, 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 I say this lovingly to Pittsburgh and Oakland. These teams are cannon fodder in the wild card round. I, oh, yeah. I, don't, I mean, the AFC divisional matchups are going to be New England, Houston, Kansas City, and Baltimore in whatever order you want to put them in. But I, I, I'll take Pittsburgh and Oakland to at least get in there. So – Oakland, with their schedule, is going to get in. They have an easy schedule outside of, of the Chiefs, and they're going to lose yep. the Chiefs in two weeks. The, the Chiefs will be off a bye. Andy Reid is like 1,002 off the bye. So I think there's no problem there uh, for, for them. But the rest of the schedule is really easy, right? It's like Titans and Jets and, Jags, and a couple of Chargers. teams. How do you trust Mason Rudolph, Matt? Like, I don't understand how you can – I, I don't. Rudolph is I don't awful. at all. I trust so the that's defense. Why the, that's why the Bills, who just don't turn the ball over, I mean, they, don't, they don't really impress me very much. Josh Allen is 26th in QBR. Bills fans, by the way, they love to send me tweets like, look, the last seven weeks, <laughs> his passer rating is 92.4, and Tom Brady's is 82.2. He's terrible. Who cares? I don't care. He's not good. Like, I, like, does it, like, it, whatever. He's terrible. So – um, I don't know if you have to mute that. Take that gesture out of our podcast. Who knows? Good just gesture. Tired of, tired of these, tired, what? 
It's a good gesture. It was very. Yeah. It, it's, it's 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 correct. It took it, it to, took it to the next level. It's okay. Continue on. Uh, just you don't just, like Bills fans. I can't stand it, man. Um, <laughs> but the Bills schedule is easy. Their defense is good. The Bills are going to make the playoffs. Right, so let, Bills right for me. All right, let's let's flip to the NFC, which I find I think everyone finds a, a lot more interesting. Uh, then the top is is fascinating in itself with the Niners at nine and one, but the, P- the Packers and the Saints both sitting at eight and two, and then. All right, you got to be the Vikings are the sixth seed at eight and three with the Cowboys, of course, winning the NFC East at six and four. So you got a six and four Rams team, a five and five Eagles team, the Panthers. I don't think anyone's giving much credit no, to done. it. But the Seahawks are the five seed at eight and two. So I don't know if anybody thinks uh, there's. The, to me, it looks like the playoffs are set in the NFC outside of perhaps Philly and Dallas. I think you know the teams that are getting in, for sure. It's just a matter of what the seeds are. Yeah. Whoever wins the NFC East will be the four seed. We know that. And whoever doesn't win the NFC, although, you know, I shouldn't say that because maybe Minnesota could be a five. You know, they, they play Seattle in a few weeks. Um, here's something I saw that was interesting. I saw right before the podcast, I wanted to say this. I think it's a good spot. So DVOA is a really interesting stat. Football Outsiders comes up with it. And I, and I actually really believe in it. It kind of – it basically factors in a litany of different things, strength of schedule, yeah. Uh, you know, points at certain times of games, you know, they, they take away, kind of strip away some of that late fourth quarter nonsense, and they really get into who they think are the best teams. The top 10 teams, there's seven NFC teams, but the top three in order, Baltimore, New England, Kansas City. Now, I don't know if I agree with that. Or I'm just saying it's interesting. Like, the NFC is clearly the better conference. It's loaded. So the point being, any of these teams can beat any of the other ones on a given day which is going to make the NFC playoffs fascinating. I think ultimately, yes, you know the six teams that are getting in. I think Seattle's going to end up winning. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. At the vision if they can beat Philadelphia this weekend. I, I, because they get deniers at home. They get the rematch. The Niners almost lost to the Cardinals. They managed not to do it. I give them credit. But they have to still play the Packers and the Saints. That's a lot. And then go to Seattle. They get the Rams. Who, look, I don't yeah. know if I believe in the Rams, but they're still a decent team. So the NFC is great. I, I think I think the Saints, the Packers, the Niners, the Vikings, the, the, the Seahawks, they're all locked in. I don't see any way they don't get in. Jeff, yeah. who's the best team in the NFC? I think the Saints are the best team in the NFC. I know that they had a poor game against the Falcons. They bounced back against the Bucks, But they get the Niners at home in a couple of weeks. And that game will determine, I think, home field advantage. Remember, the Saints defense has really improved. Drew Brees is back. Now, they don't have the, quite the weapons on the offense that they've had. But home field advantage for them is supremely important in the playoffs. I think that if you look at, at Brees overall on the road, he's like 4-6 and six in the playoffs. And at home, he's like 5-2. and two. They don't lose a lot of home games. I know they lost last year. But in general... And so that's why I think that, that the Saints, I think they're the most complete team. And I don't trust yep. the Niners. I know they just had a good game against the Cardinals. I get that, you know, down the stretch. But, um, you know, the Saints the Saints just played the Cardinals at home. And, and they looked a lot better than the Niners did. So I think the Saints are one. But, look, I don't trust the Vikings. How do you trust the Vikings at all? I, I don't trust them. I don't trust the Cowboys, Eagles. They'll get in, the Vikings will. But I don't trust them in the playoffs. I like what I'm seeing from Kirk Cousins and company <laughs> up there. They've got the Kirk Cousins formula figured out, Verderam. I've got to say. I tweeted out about an hour before the games on Sunday. Who's going to be the team that blows some ridiculous game? <laughs> and you know where I'm going with this. I'm watching all the games. I was watching the Texans-Ravens, but I'm watching the scores, and I'm looking at the bottom line. Like, 
I looked down, and it's 20 to nothing Denver leading Minnesota. And I was like, this is just an all-time moment. We had a whole post ready. Kirk Cousins is in Lufthansa heist. Like, we were we were all, all – oh, Jeff, that's coming. Believe me, that that's one of these days that that post is coming. But in any event, we're ready. right? And I got to give it to him. He played a great second half. They came roaring back. Now, listen, you could argue that one of two ways. Hey, it's a great win, or hey, it came down to having to come back. Yeah. From down 20 nothing, But they did it. They won. Give them credit. I thought for a minute the Bengals might beat the Raiders, which would have been a real all-timer with Finley. But give Minnesota credit. Minnesota's a weird team. If Cousins plays well, they can beat anybody. If he doesn't play well, they can lose to anybody. But he's been it's playing great for about four, four, four or five weeks down in a row. I'd have to look at the go back. But he's, they, they, they dumbed it down, and then it, and they've, they've lifted him back up, and the guy's been putting up numbers, man. He's, he's had a nice season. It's time to place your best. Gentlemen, let's move on to place your bets as we go into week 12. Numbers, courtesy of the Action Network, our outstanding partner, and we start with Thursday night. The Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans. Huge game here. The Texans are a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. The money and the bets are going on Houston. The number is 45. Verderam, you touched on this earlier, so you get to start Colts and Texans. I am, I am absolutely taking the Colts at bare minimum to cover in this game because a couple of reasons. One, first of all, the last two times they've played each other, okay, Frank Wright has outcoached the daylights out of Bill O'Brien. Yep. Absolutely destroyed him in both of these games. And people say, well, the last game was close. It wasn't really that close. You go back and watch the game. It was not all that close of a game. Brissett's back. Hilton's back. Hilton calls NRG Stadium his second home stadium. He has destroyed Houston in that building. Houston's got a million guys out defensively. Look, I think Houston wins a really tight game. But that if it was three, I might push. But three and a half, I like the hook. I'll take the Colts. Jeff? So I love the under in this game. We've seen primetime games go under a bunch this year, and we've seen reverse line movement where, you know, a line starts, um, you know, at a certain number. I think the line here, if I look at the numbers right, started about 46 and a half. There's a ton of money on the over, but the line is dropping now, which is something that I love to bet on. I love to bet unders when it feels like the sharp guys are on it. So uh, give me under in this game. That's the way I'm going to play it. Yeah, I, if you're a contrarian, you're betting the under and you're betting the Colts. as significant money on the Texans to win and, and a lot of money on the over. All right, let's go on to the Raiders and the Jets. Can Oakland do it on the road as a three-point favorite? 55% of the bets going on Oakland, but the money is actually going on the Jets. That's interesting. 21% of the dough is on the Raiders, so flip that around. That's 79% with the Jets. The number on this is 45 and a half. Jeff Schwartz, do the Raiders do it on the road, or is this one of those terrible losses that uh, you look back upon? That's why we missed the playoffs. So I'm taking the Jets plus the three points here. I, I love a home dog. I love when the, the public is all over the Raiders, and, and they're going to be because they're playing well right now, and the Jets are just, oh, they're three and seven, but they've won two games in a row, starting to play a little bit better. Uh, they're going across the country. I'm sure the weather is going to suck in New York this weekend. Uh, I get three points and uh, and a team is playing a little bit better. Give me the Jets. Sharp money on the Jets here, Verderam. Are you sharp money? So I just want to – Jeff, are you picking them to win or to cover? The Jets cover. to win or just cover? Cover. Okay. So this is my, my out on the limb. I think the Jets are going to win this game, and I'll tell you why. The Raiders know they've got Arrowhead coming up in Kansas City in two weeks. 
everybody and their mother is focused on that game. Got to win that game. Hey, you win that game. You lead the division. The Jets game is a trap game to the hilt. It's all the way across the country. Carr plays horrendously in bad weather. Cold weather games. Go look at his numbers. He has been brutal in cold weather cities in his career. The Jets offense has been pitiful most of the year, the last two weeks. I know they've played the Redskins and the Giants. I get it. They've played really well. They're confident. Darnold finally looks like he actually knows what he's doing after having three weeks through eight picks. Okay, If this game was in Oakland, I'd take the Raiders all day long. This game, to me, is the kind of game the teams that don't quite know yet how to win, how to finish things late, this is a game where they're all thinking about that game in Kansas City, and you look at the scoreboard, and it's 17-0 in the second quarter. And you're like, how did that happen? So I will take the Jets to cover, and I'll take the money line as well. I think they win outright. Mark the tape. Matt Furram going hard on the New York Jets. I actually it's, love the it's call. Not, it's not something I thought I'd ever do, but, but you, I'm, I'm taking a shot. Big, I just have a feeling. Big move on Week 12 and placing your bet sponsored by the Action Network. Uh, all right, we'll, we'll see how that one goes, and let's see what we think about the Dallas Cowboys and the New England Patriots. This game is in New England. The Patriots are a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Money's on New England. Big money's uh, on New England. The number's 46. Jeff, you've been on record every week. You either, pay, you either bet the Patriots or you don't bet. Are you betting? Yeah, I'm betting the Patriots. Um, okay, we have Bill Belichick against Jason Garrett. Good point. We have... An underachieving Cowboys defense against an angry Patriots offense that feels like they haven't done their job. We have all these instances where you would bet the Patriots. This is in New England too, right? Yes, correct. Or is it in, in New England. Yeah, this is a no-brainer for me. And an in, in indoor team going outside, it maybe the biggest coaching mismatch we've seen all season in a, in a primetime game. Uh, an angry Patriots team. Uh, the Cowboys start games really slow. Like they're not, if they get down this game 10 nothing, they're not going to score points. Yeah, look, I, I, I will take the under in this game because New England can't score. And I don't know if Dallas is going to score a whole hell of a lot yeah, either. It sounds like this, get, this is going to be a get-right game for the Patriots offense. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I, I actually like Dallas' defense. Well, Dallas' defense recently has not played up to par. Minnesota That's ran up and down the field on coaching. them. Like, but yeah, and you're right because you look at the talent, right? They should be a hell of a lot better, but the, their defense has not been quite what it's been, what it should be, in my opinion. I think this is a game where it's like 23 16, something like that. Um, look, Dallas to me should be better than they are, but since the beginning of the year, they've been atrocious. They started the year 3 0, since then, they've been a tire fire. They barely beat Jeff Driscoll in Detroit. Dak, however, has been awesome. And he yeah. is he's basically lifting that team, putting it on his back. By the way, nice job of the Cowboys not paying him and paying Zeke. Way to go on so that stupid. one. That's I mean, that is the dumbest thing. That is just peak Jerry Jones. Like, <laughs> gotta pay Elliott, gotta pay Zeke. Meanwhile, now Prescott. If I'm Dak Prescott, I am just waiting until Mahomes and Watson sign their forty million dollar extension this offseason. And I'm like, okay, great. Now I'm making forty million dollars a year instead of the thirty I would have gotten if I had signed a uh-huh. year ago. So nice job there. But no, I'll take I'll take the under. I think the Pats win. But this is one spot I want to actually point out real quickly. The, the the Pats offense is a disaster right now. Now I'm not saying look, I'm not dumb enough to say they can't figure it out because I've seen them figure it out time and again. But Gronk's not walking through that door. Brady, for the first time, I and I've never said this before, genuinely, he looks his age. He looks like he doesn't want to get hit. The ball's just flying out of bounds at the first hint of pressure. He throws the ball at guys' feet. Okay, you watch this this Pats offense. They can't get separation. 
I mean, nobody gets open. And the dirty secret with them, unlike last year, they cannot run the football. They are a disaster trying to run the football. And, and with Devlin out for the year, it's an enormous blow, and they're not fixing that. So I'm not saying that precludes them from winning the Super Bowl. They may figure it out enough, but that offense is a mess in New England. Well, real quick, would you not agree that they have the best defense in football? Jeff, I'll throw that to you. Yes, they do. Uh, and their offense, I think, will continue to get better. I, I think they're trying to figure out – well, do it fullback. They put they're putting linebackers there. They had another fullback got hurt. Yep. Um, we'll see what they do, but uh, I think missing a, a middle of the field threat offensively, um, you know, not having kind of his security blanket and Gronk is hurting them more than anything else. Well, he is having a party in Miami Super Bowl week. Yes. We're excited Woo-hoo. to go, Gronk. I know you're inviting us. We hung out in Minneapolis, me and you, Gronk, buddy. I, by the way, I I do also agree. I think they have the best defense in the league, but I always say this about the NFL. The playoffs are a one-game deal. It's not a series. Yep. And if there's a game where they fall behind 10, 14 points, now it's not easy to get up 10 or 14 on them. I'm not saying it is. But if they have a game where they fall behind or some team is scheming them, whether it's Baltimore or Kansas City and they're scoring, New England's going to have a hard time getting yeah. into a game where they score 30 points. That's just But, that's, they, but they, they did against Baltimore. They came back, and if not for that fumble with Edelman, that game might be different. 20 points. Right, but I'm saying, points. I mean, I just think that you, the point was they were down 17 nothing, right? Yes, they came all true, back. Like they, true. They, they can do that. My general rule is I'm not counting them out until they're dead. No, of course not. And, and neither am I. I'm just saying that that offense is a real problem. Like some is, years yeah. we kind of look at them and we almost try to find problems. That's a real problem. That, that offense is atrocious right now. Now let's move yeah. on, team, to the Seahawks and the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are at home. They are a slight one-and-a-half-point favorite. The money is going on Seattle in a big way here. Uh, only 16% of the bets are going on the Eagles. The number is 48-and-a-half. People like the under on that one. Uh, Russell Wilson, your MVP candidate, going on the road to Philly, and you mentioned it earlier, Verum. Teams traveling cross-country, always a challenge Tough. with the time zone and the weather and all of it. Jeff, we'll start with you on this one. So I'm going with Eagles here, and I'll tell you why. Um, this line is very fishy, right? Like you think to yourself, well, why would the Eagles even be favorited here? Like what, why the Seahawks are better, they're playing better. But there's a reason why I think that the, the Vegas has made this game closer. They think the Eagles are better than their record shows. And so I think that, that when, a weird, when you have a weird line like this, I tend to think like, well, Vegas is telling you which way they probably think this team, this game is going to go. Um, so, you know, because in a neutral field, the Seahawks would be favored by, what, a point and a half, right? So right. You're like, you'd be like, uh, uh, kind of that's weird, right? So I think they're telling you that that the Eagles are still pretty good, and they're pretty talented. And Seahawks are going on the road, which they haven't played terribly well on the road this year, and their defense is still kind of a mess. Um, so I'm taking the Eagles here. I know it's an upset. I know it's how people think. They've also played well this season uh, back against the wall game, right? The Bills, and just even the last couple of years, they've done a good job of that. I'm, I'm going to go the upset here. I'll take the Eagles in the cover, of course. No doubt this is back against the wall time for Philly here. Where are you going, Verderam? All right, so the one thing I take umbrage with, not been good on the road. They're undefeated on the road this year. They've been great on the road this year. They're never good on the road. They're always great at home. They've, yeah, but their, their games, their games though, have been pretty ugly with they've won. I mean, they've well, won some ugly sure, games. Sure, I mean, they needed Chase McLaughlin to kick one into, into the, the, the Pacific yeah. Ocean, but they won the game. I'm taking Seattle in this game. And I, I agree with everything else you said, by the way. I think, you know, this is a game where Vegas thinks that the Eagles are better. Totally agree. My problem is... Well, not better. They, they think they're close. Okay. Carson Wentz 
has had times where he's been good this year. He's had a lot yeah. of games where he's not been good at all. Correct. And Seattle's defense has been inconsistent. The secondary's not great. But Eagles receivers are horrible. None of them can get open, ever. Jeffrey's hurt all the time. Aguilar has no hands. It, it's just brutal. Now, Ertz is, is terrific, but they can guard Ertz. Like, the one thing they can do is take away a tight end with that group. So, I actually think Seattle plays well in this game. I think they win. I, I just don't think the Eagles are that good. And, that, and listen, I picked them to go to the Super Bowl this year. So, I'm, I'm eating crow, but the Eagles just have never gotten it going. There, there is always a team or two in the league. That everybody thinks, oh, they're gonna here it comes. They're gonna they're gonna come on now, and it just never gets out of neutral. And I just wonder if this is that year for the Eagles. And the only saving grace is Dallas might be the other team. So maybe you win the division at nine and seven. But I, I don't like uh, I don't like Philly in this game, even though they're at home. All right, Jeff Schwartz, you call the New Orleans Saints the best team in the NFC. They're at home this week with the Panthers. Saints are a nine and a half point favorite. Uh, money's pretty much split on this one. The over under is forty seven. Verran, we're gonna start with you here. Can Carolina keep it close in the Dome? No. Saints roll. I'll, I don't even care. I'll swallow the points. I, look, yeah. the Panthers have been a, a, a good story for a lot of the year. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. And, I, and we both sat here and said, look, that game in Lambeau, give him credit. Kyle Allen played well at the end of that game, kept him in. What the hell happened? I mean, Jesus, 29-3. to The Falcons all of a sudden looked like the 85 Bears defensively. I guess all it took was Raheem Morris getting involved. That was the end of that. Uh, the Panthers are done. This is that classic game. The Panthers know they're done. And the Saints know that they've got to get rolling because they can, they can smell that one seed. Yeah. This game smells to me of a game where they are going to blow the doors off Carolina. Uh, I tend to agree. I, I would rarely lay all these points, but the Panthers look done. They look defeated, realizing Kyle Allen's not the guy anymore. Uh, they got humiliated by a, a bad Falcons team. Uh, and like you said, Matt, the Saints kind of feel this. Uh, I, it's, a, it's a square as it comes, but um, I'll take the Saints here. Yeah, best game of the week, guys, as we move on to Sunday night football. The Niners at home and the Green Bay Packers. Don't know if it's going to turn out to be the best game of the week, but certainly on paper it is. 49ers, a three-point favorite at home, so that's making this a neutral. Uh, you, these two uh, end up on a neutral field. They're, they're dead even in Vegas is mine. 39% of the money's going on San Francisco, but uh, 39% of the bets, I should say, 63% of the dough, so there's some sharp cash. Coming in on the Niners, the number is 44, and all the money is going on the 46. 46 is the number. All that money is going on the over. Verderam, where are you going? You know, it's just the best game of the week. I agree. And I've gone back and forth. I'll take the Packers to cover. I don't know that they'll win. They could. I know I've said this every week in the podcast, but I I believe this in my bones. I think the Niners are a very good team. Garoppolo just scares the hell out of me. Like they, yeah. He scares the hell out of me. There yeah. are too many times where he throws ridiculous picks. Like where he, right at the guy's like, hands. Like, right, right, right to there. him. Like he's aiming for him. I mean, look, this isn't the Cardinals. And I know what people say, oh, he threw for 400 yards. Okay, yeah, that's great. Well, he also threw two red zone picks that, that took points off the board. They should have walked to that win. They never should have even come to yeah. that. So – I, I will go with the Packers because when, when I am deadlocked in my mind on which team to take, how to feel, 
I look at the coaches and the quarterbacks. I don't. Nope. I, I think Shanahan's a better coach. I don't know by how much, but Rodgers is by far the better quarterback. And the other thing in this game, Rodgers is as petty as they come, and I don't mean that as a slight. He's going <sighs> basically back home. Okay, he's from California, grew up in Chico, and the Niners are the team that didn't take him. And believe me, that matters. So I think he comes out. I think he plays a good game. The Packers also off the bye. I think the Packers cover. And if I had to guess, I think they win a really tight game. But I I, I won't go that far. I wouldn't go money line. I think they cover. Um, I'm going to the Packers here, plus three. Um, kind of the points that the matches made. Plus, the Packers are off a of bye, right? So they have an yeah. extra week to prepare. Um, it's a big game for them. Your defense is well-rested, and they have a better quarterback. I know people like Jimmy G. Rodgers is better. He's got a lot to prove in this game. Um, you know, They played sloppy the last couple of weeks. Remember the Panthers game? I thought McCaffrey scored to tie the game at the end. I think I got kind of fortunate there. Um, I think the Packers plus a three is, is a great bet here. Uh, everyone's going to be in the 49ers. Uh, I'll take the Packers. And we wrap up with Monday Night Football. The Rams at home versus the Red Hot Baltimore Ravens, the Ravens are a three-point favorite. 87% of the bets are going on the Ravens. 80% of the money is on the Ravens. The number is 46.5. That is more split, but uh, leaning towards the over as far as the public, but severely on the under on the sharp money, which is interesting. Uh, All right, the Rams got to win this week over the Bears, but they did not look like a very good football team. Will they look better against the Ravens? Jeff Schwartz. It's interesting here. Um, I I think you have to bet the Ravens until kind of like otherwise, um, even though I think the sharp money will come in on the Rams in this, in this situation. Um, I just feel more comfortable. But I know what I'm getting with the Ravens. I don't know what I'm getting with the Rams. Um, so give me the Ravens. I don't feel great about it. The contrarian in me would bet the Rams here. But I just I know what I'm getting from Baltimore. I don't know what I'm getting from L.A. every week. I, I would argue that you know what you're getting from L.A., that you're getting a <laughs> terrible quarterback play. Vertoram, where are you going? Okay, so I, I am in lockstep with Jeff here because Jeff's like stammered reaction for the first three seconds is basically how I would have felt if I had to go first in this topic. I, there is a part of me, they're getting Brandon Cooks back, or they expect to anyway. They're getting Robert Woods back. But here's the problem I have with the Rams, and I can't get past it. You know the Ravens are going to blitz the daylights out of Goff. You know it's coming. They're going to bring more than the Rams can block, and the Rams can't block anyway. He is going to be under pressure, and yeah. I I have seen Goff in, in person two times. Pats in the Super Bowl, Bears on Sunday Night Football last year, and both times those teams got pressure, and both times Goff looked like he wanted to cry. And I just look at this game, and by the way, Marcus Peters is picking him off in this game. You, you 100%. He may get beat. Deep three times trying to do it, jumping a double move. But at some point, he's jumping one of these things. He's picking golf off. Yeah, I think the Ravens win. The only thing that, that I think the Rams can hang their hat on in this game, Donald is an absolute monster. He is going to blow up some of those read option plays. He's so good, and he's yeah, so um, fast inside. He's going. To, there are going to be times where they just take a four-yard loss because he's just going to blow this thing up yeah. the second they, they run it. I'm I'm pretty excited to see Wade Phillips get a chance at this at this offense. We've seen yep. Belichick go after it. You know, Belichick ran like five different defenses. He really couldn't figure out kind of what to do. Uh, Wade Phillips now has had time to study this team. He's now watched the Patriots get after him. Look, Romeo Cornell, they played well for a quarter and a half, right? 
Um, you know, they were doing some good things. So I just wonder what the attack is going to be, um, you know, from um, from Wade Phillips. I'm interested to see that. that that's why I'm going to watch the game, honestly, because I, I think the Ravens are going to win. I wanted to ask real quick your opinion on this, Jeff. So I was thinking about this while I was watching that fiasco of a Monday night game. If you're the Ravens, we both agree right now are the best team in the league, or the best team in the AFC anyway. Would you, because we're talking about defenses and styles making fights or anything else, if you're them, would you rather see, strictly because of the matchup, New England or Kansas City in the in the playoffs? Which team would you rather see if you're Baltimore? Um, I think you'd rather see the Patriots. So you beat them already. You've lost now two years in a row to the Chiefs. Um, I think you have to, I know this sounds blasphemous to say, but I mean, Mahomes is, is much better than Brady right now. And, um, the issue of course, is that the Patriots know how to play in the playoffs and they, they've shown it every year. You can't doubt them. Sure. Um, and defensively they're much better. I think it'd be a close call. I think you still probably rather play the Patriots and the chiefs barely, but I would say that if, if the Ravens had not lost the chiefs twice, I would lean obviously to playing the chiefs over the, the Patriots. I actually I agree, and the only reason is I think with Baltimore the way they play they blitz so heavily. The one thing about it is when you blitz like that you leave one on one matchups. The Chiefs can win those matchups. I don't know that New England can, but I digress. I just thought it was interesting. It was something I was thinking about yeah. during the Monday night game, and I just wanted to get your two cents since you played yeah. the NFL and I only watch it. <laughs> In your next lifetime, for Ram, you're going. No, I don't. I don't think so. Let's, it's going to take a lot of reincarnations let, to get that let, point. Let, let's 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 dream it big. It's time for In or Out. We're moving on to In or Out, which I've been looking forward to the entire show. We've got four great topics for you. Uh, Number one is Miles Garrett should win his suspension appeal. Jeff, we're going to start with you here now. In the past, guys do win these appeals, and it's uh, being heard by former NFL wide receiver James Thrash, who's serving as the league's appeals officer for on-field player discipline, and Thrash has a history of reducing suspensions. Are you in or out? Uh, I'm uh, I'm out. He's not winning this. He took a helmet and hit another player with it. I don't have my – where did my helmet go? Is it still up there? I took – the other day I was doing a periscope. I grabbed a helmet, and I, like, beat it on my hand. It is a a deadly object. You can really hurt someone. And this is is crossing the line, right? Punches are – you want to punch him in the face – Two-game suspension, whatever. He punched him in the face. Like, the helmet, if he used the crown the helmet, too, he would cut open his head. I mean, it would be ble- – so. But he didn't. Um, he did not, but he did it anyway. So, um, I think no. I think the indefinite suspension part was because the Browns might make the playoffs, and they don't want him coming back, I think, for the playoffs. So, yep. I think it stands as is, and um, he'll have to serve a suspension. Miles Garrett's not a troublemaker, Matt Verderan. Uh, I, don't, I don't care. Like, look, I, okay, so in my not office – a troublemaker. In, in my – in my home office, uh, I have I have a genuine NFL helmet that you know been in action, and I will tell you, I after that game, I was thinking to myself, self, would you? I was thinking to myself, self, self, what? But this is the, I'm, I'm doing your inner dialogue, Verderam. You're thinking to yourself, okay. go ahead. I, I I didn't. I thought you were having a stroke. I no, I, didn't so, get, I didn't get that either, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah. never so mind. I, go I, ahead. I was thinking to myself, look, am I overreacting to the fact they hit him over the head with the helmet? Maybe it's not as crazy. I grabbed that helmet and before I could, like, literally picked it up off the shelf. It was like, yeah, I, I could kill somebody with this helmet. There's no doubt about it. If I hit him the right way, and that's me, I'm not Miles Garrett. Okay, I, I'm, I'm willing to bet that Miles Garrett probably could beat me up in a fight. Okay, pretty easily. So, 
the, the idea that what he did was not that bad or that Rudolph somehow started it. Look, I don't care what Mason Rudolph did. He's a quarterback. He that, grabbed that's like, his helmet. Oh, come on. Come he on. Did. That's like me beating up an eighth grader. Do we need to do this again? I mean, okay. just stop. Guys. It's ridiculous. I didn't think we have to explain it, this again. Okay. Let me break this down. This is something that, that I just – you guys are not – no one's getting this, all right? Okay. Mason Rudolph goes to pull off his helmet, all right? He fails. Miles Garrett then pulls his helmet off. At that point, we're even now. Yep. At that point, right. there's no suspensions. There's no fines. Oh, there's fines. No suspensions. Everything's fine. Mason Rudolph, the act of running over to Miles Garrett is not a suspendable <laughs> act. We are just, So people that want him suspended are wanting him suspended for getting hit with his own helmet. Because up at the, if Mason Rudolph runs over to him and just nothing else happens, right? Miles Garrett just gives up. No one's being suspended. I'm not saying, for, for the record, I'm not saying that, that Mason Rudolph should be suspended. What I'm saying is pick a number. You, this is not, he didn't kill him. The guy's alive. There's a, we've had history of, of, of fights at the NFL, Richie Incognito. Oh, okay. And our guy, he got two games in the preseason and one regular season game. He, this is okay. not, this is, but pick the, a number. But the NFL is about optics as much as it is anything else. Right. That's, but it's ridiculous. But, but it's not ridiculous. It's a business. Look, what do you think it's, he's going to, this is oh, going to change on. the NFL on, that all these guys on, are going to start swinging helmets? I think, the dif- I think the difference between the, the Rich Incognito and this one is that, you know, when Antonio Smith pulls helmet off, he kind of did it like in the moment, right? Just like, took it out, like whacked him. This this was like he had time to not do this. Yeah, but like, there's it, a difference there. It, hold on, but hold on, Jeff. You're you're in the middle. You you've played. You're out there. It, it, emotions are hot. I'm not saying he's right, but at the end of the day, like, are we really going to make it? This is the worst thing that's ever happened in the history of the NFL. We can't pick it's, a number. It's, it's it's one of the worst. Yes, I'm telling you. He got the indefinite suspension was only because he might be in the playoffs. If there were if there were one in nine, they give him six games and be done with it. He'll be I back just, next year. It's not. Yeah, he will be back. All these people calling for a lifetime ban are morons. Okay, he should not be banned for life. It's not assault. He should not go to jail. <laughs> I mean, some of these people are just idiots. I'm sorry. Like, what sport do you watch? You know, everybody loves violence in the NFL, and then they get indignant about it. But that being said, he needed to be suspended for this. Maybe he, he wins. Did. But, he did. But, and, and he did. Four games. Right. Good. Oh, okay, fine. But, my God, stop acting like it's the same thing as something like when Cortland Finnegan fought Andre J- It's not. He took his helmet off and beat him with it on Thursday night football. He's getting suspended. They talk about player safety. You have to suspend him seriously for this. Yeah, right. And, but Enough course, said. I'm not. Yeah. Give him a suspension. Give him a serious suspension and move on. This is like to have it hanging out there to me is ridiculous. I get the point, Jeff, on, on why it is with the playoffs, but I, that's just. I, I, there's, a, there's a certain thing going on here where the NFL is trying the way, to. By the way, shout out to Marquise Pouncey for just. I, I'll tell you right now. There's not a more popular player in the locker room than Marquise Pouncey. The, the NFL trying to look good around this helmet like they care about player safety is a joke. That's but what, they have to look like they uh, that's care. fine. But okay, that's the way it is. but that's but let's 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 look through that a little bit. Let's go to in or out with the Cardinals are no longer in the bottom tier of the NFL. Oh, Arizona, we're giving you some love. Are the Cardinals a legit football franchise once again? Matt Verdam, are you in or out? I mean, I I guess like. I don't know what the definition of that is. I'm in that they're not one of the worst five teams in the league, but they're still bad. Like, they're still a bad football team. And I don't know that I believe in Murray. I think he's fun, but everybody's freaking out about how great he was in San Francisco. He threw for 4.5 yards an attempt. Like, I mean, it, it was fine. I think they're better. I, so I'm in that they're better. They're, they're not a pushover. I'm out on the fact yeah. that they're good. Any good team should beat the it, Cardinals. It, it's so funny, man. Like, you know, the see the, the people the media roots for to succeed and see the way that like if you were to follow this game solely on Twitter, 
you oh, think the Cardinals were the best team ever, and Kyler Murray was playing the best ball you've ever seen, then you look at the numbers, you're like, four yards of play? It's what, like, look what, at what, that. He sucked. Like, like, what is the, like if, if this was Jared Goff, we'd say he's the worst quarterback of all time. If this is Trubisky. They'd be making memes about him. Um, but I do think the Cardinals have moved off of that lower tier, the lowest tier, right? Yes. Where like the Bengals and Redskins and Jets and, yep. and Dolphins are at. They're above that. Their defense is still horrendous. But the offenses, they're playing well. They're doing good things. They're progressing. Um, but, you know, it's the, the way the media roots for teams and players sometimes really is interesting to watch. They go hard for some guys. You just mentioned Mitch Trubisky, which brings us to topic three. Uh, in or out, the underdog fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code radio and underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100, get $100 free. That's promo code radio. Terms and conditions apply. The Bears will draft a quarterback. I'm going to add in the Bears will draft a quarterback or move on with a free agent quarterback next year, and Mitchell Trubisky will not be their starter. In or out? Uh, let's go with you, Jeff Schwartz. Uh, yeah, they can't play him. Uh, it's it, Look, when you make up fake injuries to, to bench a player. <laughs> they clearly uh, did. Like, you, you just you can't do it. And, and, and Maggie needs to save his, his job, to save his legacy. Um, you, you just cut ties and you move on. You say, hey, we, we failed. You know, I read that, was it last week, the week after, the week before, the whole long article on how Ryan Pace ended up drafting him. I know Bears fans are joking about, I wish he drove a nicer car so he would have drafted <laughs> yeah. him and things like that. I just, you know, I, I you got to move on. You got to move on yeah, uh, and start over. I'll be sure and sweet. I'm in. They're not, they're not playing him next year. He's, he's impossible. But if they play him next year, everybody should be fired. Everybody. I mean, that you cannot trot him out here. Yeah. Uh, he, he's done. I don't think they're going to draft him because they, they, they don't have a first-round pick. But I think they're gonna they're gonna do what the Tennessee did this year. They're gonna bring in somebody like Tannehill. They're gonna let there be a competition, and then Trubisky will be out of there if 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 not at the start of the year by week yep. four, and that'll be the end. I, I just want to name this, and I think the Bears should move on from Mitchell Trubisky. But they, the Bears lead the NFL in drops. Their offensive line that's is that's why he's it, awful. It, okay, I'm just there. I, I would say there's like a three point two percent chance that Mitchell Trubisky goes somewhere else and does okay in the NFL. Zero percent chance. Yeah, there's no chance I have. He doesn't. He doesn't. I said this to actually to my dad the other day. We were talking about the NFL. I'll, I'll say it on here. The, Mitchell Trubisky acts like somebody told him pregame: if you throw the ball more than eight yards in the air, we're murdering your family. It's impossible. Like he never throws the ball downfield. Yeah, he's that, a horrified to they, do it. They don't trust him to do it. They especially don't trust him to do it in the red zone where you got. Uh, a lot a lot more likelihood that you're going to get picked off. But, okay, let's move on to our last one here. Colin Kaepernick, he had his workout in or out. He will be on a team next season. Matt Verderam. Out. That's all I've got. Out. They're not, nobody's signing him. That whole thing was a fiasco. Nobody's, they've had three years to sign him. Nobody's done. He's not playing. Jeff? Nope. No? Nope. I, I – I, I don't. I, I just. I don't want to get into this. He's not playing the NFL anymore. I, I, just, I love these people too, who are like watching this open workout. And by the way, for the record, for people who are like, oh, you're you're you've served. Like this isn't about politics. I could care less. Okay. The reality is just the question is he's not playing. And this idea that this workout, he's throwing the ball fifty yards against air, and people are like, oh my god, look at that. Who cares? Look, like the, the, there's. 
he look, he we know why he's not playing, right? He's clearly he got blackballed. Yeah, he wanted to, he settled his collusion case. Like he got the money. Um, he looked like the same player he's always been in that workout. Nothing, in my opinion, was any new or revolutionary in that workout. Uh, should he have a roster spot in the NFL? Yes. Is he good enough to play in the NFL? Yes. Is he above average starter anymore? I don't think so. Um, the reason why someone would sign him now is to play him in 2020, to get him in a camp, basically, for, for next season. No one's signing him now to play this year. Think about this, guys. He hasn't played in three seasons. Yeah, he's done. Three seasons, right? 2017, 2018, and almost all 2019. So even if someone signed him, he's not coming in and playing right away. And so I think the whole mess that happened this weekend, and you can blame whoever you want, did not help his cause. Um, and I think teams are not going to do it. I think they, to Matt's point, they could have done this two weeks ago. They could have done it the last two years, anytime they wanted to. Um, it's not going to happen. And this weekend was really a no win for anybody. It wasn't a win for the NFL. It wasn't a win for Kaepernick. Um, it just looks bad for both parties. And it was hastily put together. It just was bad. It was bad for the NFL and bad for Colin Kaepernick. Well, just no, no one won. No one I, won. I, and I know people are tired of the topic, but it's interesting that it was just underlined by both of you that, look, guy's good enough to be in the league, which is all that should matter. Right, but it But doesn't. clearly that's and not what does not. matter. Well, we, well, we know, like, the thing is, we, we know it doesn't it, it doesn't matter in the situation. Um, and look, he, 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 you know, he got his money in the settlement. I mean, NFL, I don't know if... Look, the, the you know, we can't we don't know what the settlement really says, but there's parts of it that could say they admitted fault. We don't know they could have admitted fault in, in the settlement. We won't ever know. And I was actually surprised that the NDA has held this long because I figured someone would have leaked out the numbers by now. It hasn't, and he might assume again. We'll we'll find out. For those of you at home wondering what NDA is, including myself, it just popped in my head. Non-disclosure agreement. Good stuff, yeah. Jeff Schwartz. Look at you, like straight lawyer out of nowhere. Oh yeah. Time to look forward to our favorite upcoming matchups. <laughs> Let's wrap up, guys. Looking forward is our last segment as we look forward to week 12. Um, Matt Verham, you want to talk about the Cowboys and the Patriots and how that uh, how their games are going to say a whole lot yeah, about where we're going. Look, I'll, I'll be brief. I just think this game, to me, if the Cowboys go out and get bombed in this game, I don't want to hear about the Cowboys anymore for the rest of the season. Like You, you know what? You've beaten a bunch of pansy teams all year long. Yeah, I mean, this this is an opportunity. You lost to Minnesota at home. You lost to the Saints with Teddy Bridgewater. Like, you got to go out, have a signature win. You know, you look at all the good teams in the league, they all have them. Okay, well, the Pats don't because they played nobody. But, I mean, but you know they would if they played yeah. a good schedule. The Ravens have a bunch of them. Kansas City's beaten some really good teams. The NFC, they've all beaten good teams, right? Like, at some point here, win a game that matters. And if they go out and get bombed, I don't want to hear about them. Conversely, if the Pats go out and score 13 points in this game, it's a five-alarm fire up there. I mean, you at some point here, I don't care how good the defense is, yeah. they're, not beating the, they're not beating the Ravens and the Chiefs scoring 17 points. They're not doing it. I don't care how good their defense is. They're going to have to get into the high 20s to beat both those teams. So is, that's what I'm looking for in that game and in this week. Jeff Schwartz, what are you looking forward to so, with Niners and, and Packers? Well, just to kind of settle out the NFC, right? It's a, it's a tiebreaker game, right? Uh, the winner of this game will will have a leg up on the other team. You know, the Packers' defense can they stop the Niners? Um, you know, how good is Jimmy Garoppolo? We have uh, maybe a future uh, rivalry brewing here between the Niners and Packers. I think it's a great NFC clash. And then, lastly, you know, look, we, we keep waiting for someone to try to stop the Ravens' defense. Is it going to be the Rams? Is Wade Phillips going to be able to engineer something? I don't have a great game plan to stop them. I, 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 and no one really does right now either. So I want to see Wade Phillips' chance turn at, at doing this. We'll see. 
Staggy the Box comes out every Tuesday afternoon with former NFL star Jeff Schwartz. And look at you, Matt Berteram, our NFL insider. Every Tuesday afternoon, please like, subscribe, tell a friend. We appreciate it. And thank you for listening today. Week 12, enjoy the games, and we appreciate you being with us. This podcast is brought to you by Fansided. Join our community of over 300 sites, sports, pop culture, and everything in between. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com.